Hi, this is Raymond Pun. Welcome to the IFLA CPDWL podcast project. In this space, we talk with library and information professionals who support and participate in professional development work. Today's guests are Christine McKenzie and Jill Hallam. Christine McKenzie is president of IFLA. She retired as CEO of Yara Plenty Regional Library Service, Melbourne, Australia in 2016, after 12 years in that role, following a long career in public libraries. Previously, she was manager of Brisbane City Council Library Service, the largest public library system in Australia. Christine has been very active in IFLA and was president alike 2017 to 19 and treasurer 2015 to 2017. She was a co-founder of the International Network of Library Innovators, Oceana, a program funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that provided leadership training for librarians in Australia, New Zealand, and the South Pacific, and which sponsored the formation of the Pacific Libraries Network in 2018. She has been a member of the Australian government's Public Lending Rights Committee, the Library Board of Victoria's Advisory Committee on Public Libraries, the Victorian government's Ministerial Advisory Council on Public Libraries, the executive of the Public Libraries Victoria Network, and a juror of the Intelligent Communities Forum. She has held a, a number of roles in ALIA, including President 2003 and 4. She was awarded an ALIA Fellowship in 2008 and the Vala Robert D. Williamson Award in 2012. And we have Jill Hallam. Jill has enjoyed a rich and varied career as an LIS practitioner, educator, and researcher. She was an information manager in the Australian business and legal sectors before moving into the academic world, working with Queensland University of Technology, the Queens, the University of Queensland, the University of Melbourne, and the Hochschule der Medien in Stuttgart, Germany. Her recognition as principal fellow of the Higher Education Academy reflects the breadth and depth of her achievements. Jill is currently a freelance consultant undertaking applied research projects at the confluence of libraries and learning. Jill has long been involved in Australia Library and Information Association. She served as president in 2005 to 2006, and for many years, she has contributed to the development of ALIA's education and professional development policies. In 2008, she was made a fellow of ALIA. In 2011, she was recognized as SLA's Information Professional of the Year in the Australasian region. Jill is co-chair of IFLA's section for continuing professional development and workplace learning. Jill Hallam is the host for this episode. Thank you for the introduction, Ray. That's great. And welcome, Christine. I'm absolutely delighted to have you with us on the CPDWL podcast this morning. So uh, first of all, if you had to describe yourself using only one word, what word would that be? Wow, that's a great question to start off with, Jill. And thanks very much for the invitation to be part of this podcast. I'm really delighted to be doing that. Um, when I think about that uh, question, I think of the word responsible. And um, the reason I say that is um, I'm the eldest of eight children, and I think when you're the eldest of eight children, you have to be responsible. You grow up thinking that you need to take care of people. And, and so I think that's been something that's kind of um, got come right through my life. And, and um, it's, a, 
it's a funny word because it, it, it sounds a bit sort of uninteresting. I'd rather be able to say I'm fun or something like that. But I think <laughs> responsible is probably the word I'll choose. <laughs> well, well, certainly you've had a lot of responsibilities beyond your family life, to, to be sure, certainly mm. within uh, all of the different roles that you've played uh, in the library sector. And now, of course, within IFLA, that's a, a highly responsible position mm. that, that you hold. So, yes, let's go with responsible. <laughs> <laughs> but going back in time, uh, what compelled you to become a librarian? So how did you actually get started? Well, I've always been really fond of libraries and that started when I was in primary school because I went to this um, country school and it was uh, a new kind of model school and so we had a really good library in it, which is pretty amazing back in 1960. And so um, I, they had a lovely teacher librarian and I just really loved Mrs Stewart and so that gave me a very warm feeling towards libraries right from very early age and also my auntie used to take me into the local public library and I loved going in there too it was like so I, I just had this and of course I loved reading and so um, I'd always felt very fondly towards libraries and as I got towards um, you know the end of school and thinking what I could do well you know Jill um, back in those <laughs> days the options were fairly limited and so really for me there was to be a nurse a teacher or a librarian and the other two didn't really appeal at all. So um, I just, I think, fell pretty naturally into librarianship. Okay, so you actually <laughs> moved into the career straight from school. Yeah, well, I went to, I did a Bachelor of Arts. So I, was okay, a, right. you know, I suppose the option of teaching was still there. But, mm, yeah, then yeah. I got into the um, RMIT uh, right. graduate diploma okay, so. and um, Yes, I've been a librarian all my yes, life. Yes, so your first career, yeah. first career. That's yeah. amazing. In, in a profession that brings in people from so many different avenues. Um, congratulations. That's really good. You're a, a great <laughs> example for, for future people. Yeah. Um, okay, and then expanding our vision a little bit um, away from the Australian shores, what does global librarianship mean to you? And has that vision changed for you over the years that you've been involved in the profession? Well, I suppose my first taste of um, global librarianship, I'm, I'm not sure that's really the right term, but I did a job exchange to Baltimore County Public Library back in 1990. I went over there for six months and, boy, did that open my eyes and um, gave me a whole different perspective on uh, things like customer service and the professionalism of the, of the librarians over there. It was a, really quite an eye-opening thing. And I also got to go to my first ALA while I was over there. And wow, you know, all those librarians. So that really opened up my horizons, I think. Um, but the whole thing about global librarianship now, to me, I think is epitomised in the, the IFLA Global Vision Project because... We engaged uh, 31,000 people from all the continents um, and asked them, what do you see are the strengths and the opportunities for libraries going forward? And I think it was amazing that we all agreed. We, we share out the same goals and values and we're all committed to free and equal access to information. And I think that's, that's what it means to me that um, we, we share these values wherever you go and it's great. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, certainly the, the, the whole organization of IFLA supports that interaction on a global scale of, of you know, internet, of, of library and information professionals from all across the world. So uh, it's, it's an amazing organization from that perspective. And now you're currently president and perhaps it didn't turn out quite the way you'd expected given the pandemic that we're suffering through at the moment. Um, but first of all, how did you get involved with IFLA? Um, well, Firstly, well, I went to my first IFLA conference in 1988 um, and it was in mm -hmm. Sydney. It was also my first ALIA conference. It was a joint conference. And I, I'd have to say I wasn't terribly impressed. I didn't think <laughs> it was good. <laughs> but there again, I was, you know, very very young and very green back then. Um, so I didn't really think much about IFLA. And then I um, joined the, I was invited to join the Bertelsmann Foundation's International Public Libraries Network. And um, so I, I got to know a lot of uh, international colleagues through that and public library colleagues. And uh, we worked together and um, really uh, valued that relationship. And then uh, when Bertelsmann, the Bertelsmann Foundation said they were no longer supporting it, we wanted to find a way to keep our connections going. And so we found a home at IFLA. And so um, the, the Metropolitan Library section kind of um, became the, the old Bertelsmann uh, Network's second home, I guess. And so um, I've been involved in the Metropolitan Library section since around 2003. And um, I was chair for, gosh, uh, 2009 to 11, it would have been. So, yeah, I've, um, that's that's how my involvement with IFLA started. Yeah. Oh, great. That's really good. Yeah. So um, you've had many, many experiences, I'm sure, over all of those years that you've actually been involved with IFLA there. So can you share with us a memorable moment that you have about IFLA, whether that's um, a particular session at the WLIC or uh, a meeting or a social event that you attended? What really stands out for you? Well, Selfishly, I would have to say my acceptance speech in Athens last year. I mean, that was for me of my career to be able to stand in mm. front of the colleagues and accept the presidency of IFLA. Just an amazing opportunity for me. Um, but uh, uh, there's another occasion that still warms my heart, and. Um, in, in the introduction, Ray mentioned the founding of the Pacific Libraries Network and um, the work we did with that was um, we had a, a, a summit in Fiji um, to bring together all the, the libraries and the library leaders in the Pacific and then we followed that up in Brisbane about um, oh, six, eight months later with another meeting to try and try and um, develop a, a plan going forward to keep that um, connection going. And um, so we had um, 15 uh, librarians, uh, library leaders from around the region, and we we're all working on, you know, you know all about workshops, Jill, working away in workshops. <laughs> and um, a group of them said, oh, Christine, can you come over? And I said, yeah, sure. And one of them said, oh, now we, we know that there's this IFLA advocacy work. Now, what do we have to do to use that? And um, 
Margaret Terry from Vanuatu. Now, Vanuatu is a tiny little place of 300,000 people in the middle of the Pacific. Margaret spoke up and she said, we don't have to ask permission. We are IFLA. <laughs> I just thought, wow, that, that, that's really the, the ownership that people have of IFLA is so important. Mm -hmm. and, and that um, new, you know, it is a, it's a tagline, I suppose, but it, there's a lot of meaning behind it. And if people really feel engaged, they feel like they have ownership, I think that's, that, that's really one of the high. Mm, that's right. feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. So that that nub of of engagement in the profession is is I think very very important. And yes, as you yeah. say, I do know a fair bit about workshops with all the Building Strong Library Association workshops that I've been involved in through IFLA around the world have been just amazing opportunities to interact with with people at the at the global level, if you want to call it that. So yeah, well, what, I know how valued those workshops have been too. We did a mm. bit of an evaluation of them and. Um, mm. And even still now, when we're talking to the regions and they say what's important, they're saying mm. well, making sure that national library associations are strong. So that's right. yes. it's an important thing. Yeah, it's really good to know that the lasting impact of the investment that, that was made through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation into that program, that's really great. So good. Yeah. Um, and these days, what, what are you most excited about in the profession? Um feel really good about the profession because you know we've gone through this horrible year and um but I've, i'm on a lot of webinars and discussions and all the rest of it and um in particular i remember one by the national library board of singapore they brought together i called it leaders conversation so there was um leaders from there were three different um streams academic public and, and national libraries and what struck me through those conversations common themes coming through and I think the main thing is how resilient our profession is that you know we've, we're facing all these um, challenges and you're closing and you're opening and you're closing again mm. and um, I know mm. over in Europe at the moment mm. my colleagues over there they're all busy closing down again and and one of them, I was talking to some of them yesterday and one of them just said you know it's a lot easier to open than a lot easier to close than to open mm. and we are, it's a particularly resilient um, profession, I think, and you've only got to think back to, you know, in the mid-90s when the internet was all brand new and um, mm. we, we certainly adapted and, and, and made that our own and, and I think we, we have that resilience and we, we can pivot with the best of them, Jill, I think, and, um, <laughs> you know, we can look at the landscape and we can... Um, really see ways mm. forward and and we're all passionate and we all believe so much in libraries and mm. that's what they bring. Yes, uh, in, in my observations as well around, you know, what's been happening across the world during the pandemic, the the ability of the libraries, librarians particularly, obviously, uh, to to pivot, as you say, to be able to just um, address the challenges as they come through. And it's really exciting, as you say. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, despite the, the, the negativity of, of what's going on around us. Um, now, with a bit of a, a selfish um, thought here with uh, representing CPDWL, which is all about professional development, can you give us um, a professional development tip or some advice, something that you'd like to share with others, um, maybe particularly for those who are new or who'd like to become involved with IFLA? Yes, I'm sure. Um, 
My favourite bit of advice is seize the opportunities. Um, I think if you're invited to be on a committee or you're asked to do something, say yes, because you never know where it's going to lead. You never know. You'll certainly learn new things. You know, you shouldn't feel concerned that I mightn't be able to do this because um, if, if, particularly if you're invited to do something, well, someone's seen that, you know, you're capable of doing it. And and um, so it, it, it's around taking up opportunities and um, just looking at um, And the other, other advice, I, I think this is more a managerial thing than um, an IFLA thing, is really do well in the job you're in. Don't be always thinking about, oh, how, what's the next best job I can get? The, be, be really good at the job you're in. And if you if you do that, um, you know, you, you, you're consolidating skills and people notice if you're doing a good job. So that's, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. New new doors will open because there are opportunities. Yes. So mm. I know sort yeah. of that's been a, a, a trait of my career, sort of opportunities have come from angles that I wasn't planning to move into. So uh, That's right. It's, it's, it's not much. Very, you very can't true. really map out a big um, career path, no. can you? Because no, you never know right. what's going to happen and you think, oh, well, this job's perfect mm. for me. Well, you mightn't get it or mm. <laughs> you mm. might get it or regret it. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's so then adaptable and resilient and pivot <laughs> <laughs> and then picking up on your first uh vocabulary there of being responsible i think it's it's the responsibility of people who are working within ifla uh, on standing committees to um to think towards the future and to find younger people who uh, do have the potential to to get involved and to do that tapping on the shoulder and to invite them to get involved in, in oh, different activities yes. Yes. so, so yes. it's a Two-way street, I think, from oh, from yes. that side. Mm -hmm. And then, not this must be a quite quite a hard question in some ways, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is it, the the focus is on what career you might have chosen instead of librarianship, and you've already sort of thrown out the uh, the, the the nursing and the teaching, <laughs> but the but teaching. that was the opportunities in those days. Have have yeah. you had any further thoughts during career? your career to sort of think, oh, there's all these new opportunities and, and different careers. I'd have been so good or I would have been passionate in, in that sort of area. Anything else that inspires? Uh, yeah. Oh, sometimes. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy being a librarian. I don't think I could have picked a better career for myself. But some areas that I could have been interested, you know, if you could have a parallel life. Psychology's always interested me. Um, I, I got uh, quite involved when I was doing, you know, like staff developments things. Um, I did the Myers-Briggs accreditation mm -hmm. course and I did an Enneagram course and I found all that quite fascinating. Um, back in the day, I, it's probably still so now, you had to have mathematics to do psychology and I, I had no mathematics at all. So that was never a, a, a really a... a thing the other thing you know if I was really out there in wild something in advertising perhaps I like coming up with new ideas and being creative and things mm -hmm. like that so I've enjoyed for instance learning how to make websites and, and that sort of thing I, I, I find that quite interesting so yeah, yeah. maybe a yeah but I think then libraries do have there are so many stra strands to the profession you know that's people right. with different yeah. skills can actually bring those into the profession and sort of build <laughs> it exactly it. no that's oh. really good so interesting oh. you you the uh, the ideas around the psychology and everything um 
when I was teaching at QUT, Queensland University of Technology, um, a, a close colleague there was actually accredited with Maya Briggs as well. And so for several years, we actually uh, tested, with their permission, uh, all the new um, uh, students coming into our course to actually right. track the psychology of uh, the profession. So was, was really there funny. a dominant type coming through? <laughs> uh, no, there wasn't as far as I can remember. Um, the, the, it was no longer the, the introvert. That had changed. Yeah. Um, it was very well, much there's more... nothing wrong with introverts, Jill. I mean, uh, no, I <laughs> but I mean, the traditional sort of you know scenario that yeah. you have to be sort of you know behind the scenes, you don't engage with people and things like that. Um, but that's not really that what lies brings no. into introversions about either of it because, no. um, that the introversion that they talk about is where you get your energy, so do you get it from mm. within yourself within you yourself, from... true. Yes, yeah, so. yes, but yeah, but no, so, so if anyone who knows Myers Briggs is listening, um, I'm an I. INFP. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, and so this is really our final question uh, for the podcast this morning. Um, can you tell us about a recent project or presentation or program that you're working on um, or an upcoming event that you'd like, you will be zooming in and what you might be presenting on? Now, I do realise that your schedule is very, very full and you're in, in high demand across the world uh, to be zooming everywhere. So um, anything that's sort of particularly important at the moment? Oh, well, I guess the one that comes first to mind is the one at six o'clock tonight, Jill. <laughs> Good. Um, we've been, this year we've been working on the IFLA governance review, as I'm sure the CPWLD people know. And um, so we're doing a regional workshop this evening uh, with Asia Oceania and talking to them about how to how they think we can best um, encourage participation and um, representation in, in the Asia-Oceania region in, as part of this new regional council that mm -hmm, we formed. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so that's on tonight. Okay, so that's, yes, well, you've certainly had a very busy week, as I understand the governing board has met, and uh, you've had some some long sessions online, I think. So Yes, we have. <laughs> it's, yeah, um, it is. It's, a, it's a real challenge with, I think, the biggest challenge, you know, I don't mind Zooming and the, the virtual online stuff, but it's the time zones. And mm. I suppose that your section would know that too, mm. and I know that the sections are de dealing with it differently, but... It's, a, it's impossible, basically, to have a, a time that everyone's kind of can still be sensibly right. awake. So, yes, yeah. that's actually something we have been working on this week with sort of avoiding ugly times, <laughs> as we call them, for the, mm. for the difficult times on the time. We did hold um, a single um, standing committee meeting um, late last year, so we did straddle all of the time zones, um, but that was in uh european summertime and it was a little bit yeah. easier than that's it is right. in the winter yes. time that shifts it just a, a bit too much but um, yes, but, no, I, yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. but i'm sure it's been a quite a 
in, in, in many ways a disappointing year for you because it's such an exciting time to be president of, of an association like IFLA with um, the opportunity to visit so many different countries and to interact with people on different continents. So the fact that our borders are closed ongoing for quite some time has meant that you've had to pivot yourself as well to um, <laughs> become the online persona that you, that you have become. So Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it is what it is. So who, who said that? It is what it is. That was Mr. It is Trump. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still is what it is, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe we should close with someone else to quote. <laughs> yes, that's right. Ah, oh, dear. So um, is there anything else you'd like to, to add? Um, oh, just to wish everyone a very happy holidays and um, mm -hmm. let's hope 2021's a whole lot better than 2020's been, hey? That's um, right. Well, there's a lot of action around vaccinations and things like that beginning to happen. So let's yeah. see if that is the, the beginning of the end and uh, lots more better things lying ahead. Let's hope so. And um, meanwhile, let's work together and we are in mm -hmm. <laughs> Indeed, we are in <laughs> But thank you very much indeed for your time. Uh, we do realise that you, you have lots of meetings and, and lots of interviews and things like that happening. So your contributions to our podcast um, is, series is just just lovely to and to to be able to engage with you on a personal level that's uh, a little bit more relaxed than you know some of all the, the real professional stuff that you have to do so yeah. thanks Jill so, thanks great. very much thank you thank you for your thank very you. nice questions and thank you Ray for organizing this yeah. okay thank you Bye. bye